0: Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary Show, where ordinary heroes tell extraordinary stories during unique and never-been-heard-before conversations with your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Hillary's unique listening and way of asking questions results in conversations that aren't usually talked about, so you can create the life that you really want but are afraid you can't really have we are demonstrating the greatness in the human spirit and creating a world where we all reclaim our birthright of joy, happiness, purpose, and passion. Now, here's your host, Hillary Arno-Burns. Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show and today we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Rita Louise who can be found at soulhealer.com and you are going to want to check her out and also check out her latest book. I'll tell you that. So welcome Dr. Rita. Hi Hillary. Thanks for having me on your show. I am so looking forward to this yes and i know you used to have your own show and all sorts of stuff so you're you're a pro right i am (laughs) so okay so so dr rita uh, that's what i'm going to call you um put just put out a new book it's her seventh book and i read it in the last two days all 240 pages of it and man do i have a lot of questions it's called dang it was me all along and it follows her sixth book just tell them the name of that cuz I'll butcher that
1: sure it's the dysfunctional dance of the empath and narcissist
0: yeah the dysfunctional dance of the empath and narcissist <laughs> so you know what you got to get that one too i'm sorry that we all have we all have had a narcissist or two in our lives or but this or. one is about is about how you how you move on from that and that's why it was so interesting so so anyway, we, we can talk about Dr. Rita, but I just want to ask you, because um, I haven't read your other books. Are they all like the detail and the, um, you know, just, just the work that must have gone into that. How long did it take you to write that one?
1: So this one probably took the longest, but I was also on my healing journey. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't this like crash and burn usually my books take me about nine months to write. You know, I definitely have this birthing process where I start a project and nine months later, it's done it's <laughs> with that. This one took me longer, but I was, I was allowing spirit to move through me at whatever pace it wanted to go. That was
0: really my point in it. So. Right. Okay. Because it, it just, um, you know, I've so I know if people are watching, they they don't know what we're talking about, but basically you had been in, I'll just paraphrase it, tell me if I'm wrong. You had been in a relationship with, I think he was a narcissist and you had gotten out and now you decided the work was to figure out why and move, move on, which I know you have. Um, and I think we've all been there and a lot of, I mean, you quoted, you know, um, oh God, now I'm blanking on his name. Eckhart Tolle and all the great people. And I'm assuming that you were reading those books as you were healing. Like, how did you gather all that information in one place? And just, you know, the way that you went through it was just so sequential and just so easy to follow. And then you, we all ended up in a great space. So I loved it. And I, I recommend it to everybody if you've ever You know, been stuck in your negative uh, thinking, your rabbit hole, as Dr. Rita says, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Bad brain. I like that one. Yeah, wait, I have bad brain today. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny because in my third book, it's called um, "Your Bullshit Is Your Blessing." I talk about the two sides of life, and I talk about you know the one side where everything sucks and the other side where everything's great, and then I created techniques for getting from one side to the other. So. But you put the science to it and you really talked about the why, which was so fascinating. And I think, you know, anybody who's ever gotten into a bad thinking trip, I used to call it the octopus, when you have the octopus on you and you pull one arm off and then you pull it and you just can't get free of it. Like you have these great techniques and you tell why and it's just really so well written. So thank you. Thank you for that piece of work. I think everybody should buy it. (laughs) you know, so I really like
1: the research, you know, so I was in, I don't, I mean, I don't care about sharing my personal details. So I was in counseling and he goes, well, you need to find some fun stuff to do. And he was thinking like crocheting or I don't know. (laughs) And I'm like, but I like researching, you know, I mean, there are things that I really enjoy that are, you know, to the outside person seem like work, but to me, it's like, man, I can just sit there for hours and just be engrossed. especially if I have a question, you know? So when I went into this dang book, so the guy that I dump at the beginning of the book was like, not narcissist number one. You know, I talked about that in the dysfunctional dance book of this history of toxic relationships. And I thought I had solved the world's problems by like writing that book. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply these principles to myself. And it didn't work. And with COVID my personal practice, I mean, I work as a medical intuitive, intuitive counselor and energy medicine practitioner that was failing. And so it wasn't just that the relationship ended. It was my life was felt like it was falling apart. And all I really wanted was to be happy and to experience a sense of inner peace because all I felt was turmoil. And so that was the question that I went into this book with. What do I need to do to find inner peace? And what do I need to do to be happy? And is it something that you can achieve? Because there are people that are just happy people, which wasn't my life, but but there are. And I wasn't even sure if that was something that was possible. And so that was, that was the trek. And when I got that little tidbit of information that says it is something that you can do and achieve, I was all about it. I was all about it. You know, and
0: you mentioned- So what did you, like, 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 if you were doing your research, like, what did you look up? Like, what were, you know what I mean? Like, what do you, where do you even go to do that kind of research? Are you Googling or do you have libraries or research books? Like, how do you do just- A combination of the two,
1: a lot of Googling, you know, looking for specific keywords to kind of get
0: an idea of what the heck I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially, so you just the kind of like, part. So, so do you just like follow the trail? Like you'll put something <laughs> in, they'll recommend this, like a, like a medical researcher almost. Right. They mentioned this strand of DNA and then that takes them over here. So it just kind of took you on your path because it, you know, you had all the grades quoted and you had, you know, but, But it's also I mean, you must just have a natural way of organizing data and organizing the flow of the book, Mm -hmm. because that was I kept thinking it was done. And then you're like, and another thing. okay, now and and it just kept taking us deeper and deeper, which was so interesting, you know, and I
1: think to me in all of my books, the flow is just really important. You know, it needs to kind of advance, you know, because in the dang book. There are topics that I talk about, and I'm going to say in the second part of the book that really could have been up front, but I don't think they would have had the meaning. And I don't think people would have gotten it or be, or be like, oh, this is actually important. You know, because I talk about all the crap, like this is all the bad stuff going on inside of us. And this is how many of us feel. I mean, one of the statistics I found was that 80% of
0: people walk around in negative thinking. That's astronomical. 80%. Well, I'm amazed that there's 20% that don't. Well, it's those people that you hate because they're happy. <laughs> I know. You want to hear something? I remember I was at a, a physical therapist once, and, and she was telling me that, you know, the people come in and they have pain, and you know, it really gets her down. And um and I was like, oh, I love those people because it makes me feel better about myself. But anyway, the positive people, they they seem to get down by I'll call myself a negative person when we're just kind of venting and getting free of it, that gets them down. So anyway, I thought that was funny that she was blaming us for her problems when she was the positive one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but she <laughs> that was makes very
1: sense. empathic. And yeah, maybe feeling their pain, which is, can be challenging.
0: It can be yeah. challenging. Yeah. Yeah. If you absorb it, but anyway. Okay. So let's talk about, well, what do you, what do you want to talk about? The 80% negative, do you want to lead people like through it or you want to cover a couple of interesting things? Like where do you, where would you like to go? Wherever you want to go. You're the boss. Okay. All right. So when you're talking about, um, well, I had heard, and again, I don't know where I picked it up if it was from yours, but we get addicted to this negative thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, in in your book, you were saying, you know, let's say I have a negative, let's say my boss calls me in, all of a sudden I'm in trouble, and, you know, I did something wrong, I start looking at, you know, I go down this negative tube, right? Now, there's also the theory that we get addicted to that, that mm-hmm. we actually get used to it. And I think, I think you covered this too, or maybe I that's where I caught it. it, but I definitely cover it.
1: Yeah. And it yeah. was to me, one of the most hopeful pieces in the book. Okay. So it's possible to be happy. That was, that was like, okay, well, I'm going to explore this because if I can change it or change me, then I'm okay with that. The most hopeful piece. And I'm going to talk a little bit about biochemistry, but I'm going to keep it pretty simple um, because I don't want people's you know eyes to glaze over. So in our body, we have our different cells and each emotion that we have releases a certain hormone into the body. And on the cells are what are called receptor sites. And the receptor site is like a lock. And, and the hormone is like a key. And so if we have a lot of stress hormone cortisol in our body, we have a receptor site that will take that key from the cortisol and make the cell function or not function depending on what the cell is supposed to be doing. So you know, and the same thing with good emotions, you know, when you feel joyful or elated, you know, it again goes to these receptor sites. and makes you feel good or, you know, produces dopamine or whatever. Okay. So that's the basic biochemistry, but this was the mind blowing. I mean, it was really mind blowing to me. So if we tend to engage in negative thinking or we live with a lot of anxiety or a lot of worry or whatever that is, our body will automatically start producing cells that have more receptor sites for the negative hormones. Oh. So it makes it easier for our body to react in that negative way and have a negative experience. Yeah. Shocking, shocking. And so, but the good part is, is that once you start working on and becoming aware of your negative thinking and, and finding gratitude and, and saying thank you and doing those good and positive things, when we produce cells, the ones that are keyed for negative thinking hormones start to reduce and the ones that are tied to the positive thinking hormones start to increase. And so we literally can train our body to think more positive not think more positively but enjoy the effects more readily
0: i mean because for some people but, but, oh go ahead but let's say but let's say you know when you were talking about your family the kvetchers um so so let's say i'm not i'm not I don't know if I'm naturally negative, but I'm negative. I look at things, you know, last half full. Yeah, we got that sale, but I didn't hit this number. You know, it's all, you know, like I I used to say, if I won the Nobel prize, I would be upset. I didn't win it last year. Do you know? Like mm-hmm. there would be always something that I could say that was bad. Now that's, well.
1: But you can so just, train yourself from doing that. Shock yeah, I. So I think the first step is awareness. The first, you gotta be aware right? that is like one of the main things that I drum in, into this book is, yeah. You know, most of us go through life on autopilot, something happens. We have some kind of a reaction to it, both positive and negative, And we just do that, you know, that's, and we just assume, well, this is who I am and this is how I react, but we can sit there and kind of intercept the thought process. You know, they say, oh, well, count to 10 and take a breath and, you know, but we can intercept that thought process so that we're not reacting both physically, as far as like what's going on in our body or in our behaviors, where we're doing things automatically. And it gives us the chance to, to stop and make a different choice. Now, it might be a nail-biting, white-knuckle
0: choice,
1: but a different choice.
0: So, so okay, so let's say we're aware. We say, oh, okay, I see my negative thinking. I'm assuming he wants to see me because there's a problem, right? I could go... Maybe not. Maybe he wants to give me a promotion. Maybe I should be grateful that I have a job. I could switch it to gratitude and thanks mm-hmm. and
1: alter that. Okay.
0: So, but you know, now
1: actually I'm going to stop you right there for a second. Okay, You know, so Please there start. is something, you know, and I call it the stories we tell ourselves, you know? Okay. So the, the, the fact that you have is your boss just called you in that right. the fact. And everything that came after that, well, what does he want? Is he going to fire me? Am I in trouble? Blah, 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 is all the story we tell ourselves that will take us right down the negative right. path and create those chemical wasteland of toxic emotions in our bodies. Right now let's and say awareness thing too just sitting there going oh, well, wow, that was a pretty good story I just told myself. Maybe I need to not do
0: that and go, what's the fact,
1: you know? Right. OK,
0: now the fact. So let's so let's take like I, I know you were talking about covid and how you got fearful or whatever, and same with me after 9-11. And I realized that the news, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. If I watch it, I think the world is a terrible place and it's falling apart and we're going to die. So I stopped and people think that's terrible how can you not watch the news but I just find it for me it takes me down that negative place so so my mother has a caretaker I hope she doesn't watch this but she came over the other day and said that <laughs> she caught me she got me upset she said that China was gonna take over the grid and we weren't gonna have any more water we weren't gonna have any more electricity and you know we Basically, we're all going to die. So she was going to go out and get some more water. And I was like, you know, like, what if she's right? Do I need to get, you know, like I went down there and then mm-hmm. I was talking to someone and they're like, okay, all that's so is that she said that. And maybe all that's so is that she heard someone say that. And then her church pastor was saying it too. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Is it the truth?
1: I don't well, know. You know, with what's going on on the planet right now. You never know. I just have gone to where it's like, oh, that's interesting. And there's been so much happening that, I mean, this is a little bit ago, you know, but there's all this crazy going on and I'm at the gym and they're talking about a volcano in Iceland. And I'm like, oh, and a volcano. And it didn't even phase me where normally, you know, it would be a little upsetting, but it's like, but in the midst of all of this stuff, But, you know, what's going on, I'm going to say geopolitically, who knows, who knows. And I just am like, oh, that's an interesting move. Hmm. Okay. I mean, now, not that I'm like a a super prepper person, but I have food in my house, you know. (laughs) I have a generator. You know, I have those things that worst case scenario, you know, I'm going to take what you say and kind of. Go with it a little bit. Repair, no, but I don't yeah. have, you know, like an underground bunker with three years worth of food. You know, it's kind of like. Water? How about water? I worry about water. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I have some, you know, <laughs> you know but I'm bad, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I anyway, have some bottled water. And because we just had this big freeze and my pipes froze, I filled my bathtub with water and. You know, supposedly there's supposed to be another freeze in February. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave that water there because flushing a toilet is really important.
0: That's right. So, So what would you say for people who maybe watch the news and think the world is a terrible place now? I know I ask a question and then I keep talking, but. I mean, I guess it's like if they don't think it's a problem and they think it's true, then there's nothing to talk about. It would only be for the people that say, you know what, this doesn't really make me happy. Let me read her book and see maybe maybe I could live a different way, right? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so for those people, I mean, I go through phases where I won't put the news on, you know, and I won't watch like mainstream media news because I have a lot of issues with, with what they say. Um, But I, in the same breath, it's like, I want to personally want to have like some level of awareness of, okay, well, maybe this is something I need to consider, um, but if it's really affecting you and you're running around that the world is coming to an end, then maybe turning the news off, you know, during COVID. Because being a health practitioner, you know, I was really paying attention to what was going on and, you know, kind of feeling it out. And because I figured I would be swamped with people, which turned out to not happen, which was kind of shocking to me. Um, But I was encased in so much fear that I had to sit there and go, okay, what's going on with me and what's going on with my world? you know, and, and these are the facts that I know, you know, I have food to eat, you know, I have water, I have a place to live. I, you know, I work out of my house, so I'm not really around people. Um, you know, those kind of things. And then, you know, as far as COVID was concerned, I was like, you take vitamins and supplements, you know, you go to and exercise, you know, just about every day you have other supplements in case you do get sick, you, you know, I eat pretty good so that even if I got COVID, my belief about myself was that I would not end up in the hospital and I would just be sick and I would be done with it. I mean, I suggested, which got met with, uh, some true hate, was that people that got COVID should have like COVID parties, you know, kind of like when we were kids and somebody got chicken right. pops and you went over to the house so you could get chicken pops. I was like, yeah. it was good if I got it and had natural immunity. I was okay with that fact because in my mind I knew I wasn't gonna die. And if I died, eh, I miscalculated, but at that point it would be too late anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Yes,
0: that's right. Worst case scenario, you die. Wow. No, but it took okay. the fear away. Yeah. No. So I think it's the facts. Look at the facts and separate that out of the story. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you said you go down the, do you call it the black hole? Rabbit what do you call it? Rabbit Rabbit, rabbit hole. Yeah. And so you would get stuck on that what's what I call the octopus. What were your favorite techniques for getting out of that?
1: So originally there weren't any techniques. I would just live there for a week or two at a time. Um not a very nice person, you know. <laughs>
0: Um, you want to give an example? Why don't you give, why don't you give an example? Like I know you had some in the book. What's an example of when you went down and couldn't get out?
1: Well, you know, when I would be in the rabbit hole, I would just have a lot of very negative thinking, you know, especially about whoever the person was about. And I'm an expert ruminator. So a person who ruminates thinks about what happened, something that already happened versus worrying about the future. Okay. And I would just like replay scenarios over and over again. It's like, well, you know, I should have done this and well, I should have done that or well, blah, blah, blah. But I wouldn't do anything. I would just stay in this place for forever. And then somebody would like crack a joke and it was like the clouds parted and I came back to this world. And so really what I was thinking about you know, I know that it was very negative and I was not in a good place. Um,
0: yeah. Were you not aware? Like, it's just, you just were doing it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know yeah, now yeah, you can I, see I, it, but the same time, But for me, it was something that I had done
1: since I was a little kid. So it was just a very normal, natural ugly dark hole that i would get in and stay you know and finally i needed you know i came to recognize that i was in a rabbit hole you know not that i really had the tools to change it um but as i started becoming more mindful of myself you know and aware of that you know like i have not been in my rabbit hole in years
0: which is huge. So, so originally it's just the way it was. You didn't say, oh, I'm in a rabbit hole. You were just in it. You know? I was just in it. Well, like I, I got to the place where I
1: could recognize after the fact that I had been in the rabbit hole, okay. you know, that was kind of the first step. It's like, wow, you know, you're back. Oh, okay you know, and I mean, that was a a process, but I didn't have the awareness of what to do to change it. I mean, I graduated from the Berkeley Psychic Institute, you know, so I know all these energy medicine techniques and grounding techniques and this and that and that. And I remember years ago, I was in a bad, you know, I was in my rabbit hole and I'm talking to one of my girlfriends and that studied under me. And she goes, well, maybe you should do this. And I'm like, hey, that's a great idea. Where'd you hear that? She goes, from you. (laughs) You Because I would get so low. There was a line on a TV show. You know, you get so low that you have to roll your socks down to see. And that was really how I felt. I couldn't
0: get out of my own way. I mean, it was just not good. And was that like a... I know you talked about your childhood, but is that just how you learned to cope? And then you ended up with these receptors and they just kind of locked you in and there were more. And so that's the way it was until you got aware. Right? What you say? I don't know. Um, No, no. I hear you. So
1: when I would get really triggered, really emotionally triggered, I'd go to the rabbit hole.
0: I mean, I didn't like live there all the time. You know, it could be crap. So it was safe. Hmm? It was a safe place. It was safe. Mm-hmm. And you could just be there until you were ready to come out, right? I guess so. I mean, it wasn't very fun, but yeah. Uh, but it's what you were used to. Like, when I'm negative, um, you know. But see, it was beyond
1: that. It was It was really, a, there was a big disassociation piece that happened. I mean, it was, it was not pretty at all. And what does that mean?
0: Like, what does that mean?
1: So there's all this stuff that's going on and you know, I'm just in my little world and you know, I mean, it. so when we talk about stress response systems, there's fight Uh flight and freeze. And so when you fight, you're going to put up your dukes when you're in flight mode, you're going to run away. And when you're a freeze mode, it's like you're a deer in the headlights and you just, freeze. But one of the byproducts of the freeze response is that people tend to dissociate from what's going on. You know, so you hear stories of women who are sexually assaulted and they really don't have a memory of what happened. Yeah. It's because they were in a very dissociated state and where the, they they just don't have the memory. I mean, I have some memory, but you know,
0: not like for details, but so I mean I'm just wondering. So let's say I mean, could you dissociate for a week or two, and then how did you do your life, or did you just well, do it on? You were
1: just functional. You know, you could come up to the service enough to work. You know, but on okay. the inside, you'd be like. You know, so
0: you would be working like people may or may not know that you're doing it inside. So correct. it's really happening inside. Okay. Correct.
1: Okay. Correct. Unless wow. you sit there and talk to me, you know, I mean,
0: <laughs> and then you
1: might go, and, huh? Well, it might be like, you know, you want something and I just like jump your case about it because I, oh. you know, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't, yeah. thankfully it, you know, it wasn't every day, you know, and it would have to be a pretty big trigger to set that off.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, again, thank you for being uh, genuine and letting us know, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who do it who don't even know. Mm-hmm. And this book can really give them some options and awareness. You know, I think, You know, for me, and again, in my book, the first step was awareness. The second step for me was acceptance, because when I thought I shouldn't be that way, that was more fuel for the negative fodder. Well, you know, you're supposed to be positive and you're not. So look what an idiot you are. You know, Mm -hmm. it made it worse until I could just go, hey, sometimes I'm in a bad mood. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm moody. You know, sometimes I look at the, you know, and just like, hey, that's part of me. And I, that's my gift Mm -hmm. to the world because I can make jokes about it, you know? So I guess you, did you have to accept it or were you just fine with the awareness stuff?
1: So I had to really shift gears. I mean, I joke around that I, so the house that I live in literally has a library, a, a a study with bookshelves and these shelves are filled with like not fiction, that's for sure. And, you know, there's a ton of books, self-help books, because I've spent most of my life trying to fix myself, you know, between the Mm -hmm. negative thinking and the toxic relationships and, you know, my own inner critic and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when I started researching this book, I decided that I needed to put all of that down and just put it all in the back burner because all of that material kept doing was reinforcing the fact that there was something wrong with me. Yes. And I'm like, okay, well, that's really not working for me, you know, not helpful. <laughs> you know so maybe I don't need to fix something that's broken. Maybe I just need to do something different. Yeah. And I have to yeah. tell you, you know, people that are listening, this might sound hard and it might sound challenging. And I have found kind of working through this process, the freaking easiest thing I've ever done. The biggest part has been being consistent about it, you know, and, and mm. someone likened it to dieting, you know, dieting mm. in general is not hard. You just have to do it and becoming mindful is not hard you just have to do it Mm. now sometimes you might see a behavior or a thought or whatever that you need to make a different choice about and that can be kind of challenging you know one story i share
0: in the book you know what can we can save that story okay i'm just going to write it down let's go to the commercial break real quick um, and then, and then we'll come back and Perfect. do. You, do you want me to write down what the story is so we don't forget? I wrote it down. Okay, good. All right, we'll be right back with a word from a whatever word from our sponsor. <laughs> Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-L-R-I. Do you ever feel like you can't say what you really wanna say? Or that you're stuck or in a holding pattern in your relationships, career, personal life, or finances? Are there things you want in life that you've given up on? Are you resigned that this is as good as it's going to get? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Hilary Burns, host of the Getting Real with Hillary Show, has the solution you need. Hillary is a published author of three books and has a program called The Getting Real Process. This process frees you from what is holding you back, allowing you to create a life you love. Don't believe it? It is hard to believe that it could work, isn't it? The proof is that hundreds of Hillary's clients have used The Getting Real Process and are now free to create whatever they want in relationships, career, finances, enjoying life, or just loving themselves more. So go to realtalkwithhillary.com and order Hillary's book, Real Talk, and set up a conversation. Okay, welcome back to the Getting Real with Hillary show. And thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Kikori. Um, If you want to bring experiential, uh, hard to say, experiential, social, emotional learning to your schools or business, please contact Kikori. And also, if you find yourself not able to speak up and you have areas where you feel stuck. Uh, contact me, Hillary, at com, and let's get you free. And now we're going to hear the story from Dr. Rita Louise. Welcome back. Still- All right. Thank you. Yes. Um, she got the story. Okay.
1: So, I mean, this was like a million years ago, and I... I'll just start in the beginning. So I was 19. I had escaped from living in New York with $125 and my stuff. And my parents were waiting for the call. Like I need bus fare to come back, which never happened. And one of the things that I, there were two things that I didn't like. One was I was kind of heavy, so I wanted to lose weight. And the other thing was this overwhelming fear of talking oh. well like people that know me now they're like what you were shy and it's like oh my god like beyond shy and so I gave myself a goal you know and so the goal was and this sounds so freaking lame but it was the goal so I used to walk to work because I didn't have a car then it was, you know, like maybe a half a mile away. So on the way I would pass a convenience store and I would stop and get a soda and continue on to work. So the challenge was that I would go into the store and say hi to the person behind the counter before they said hi to me. And I remember standing outside the door of the store And like taking a few deep breaths and kind of like sucking it in and going in and went and said, hi, and then went about my business. And I was like almost having a panic attack just in doing that. And so sometimes you see something that you're doing, a thought that you have, a behavior that you don't like, and that has been the hardest part in incorporating something different. Cause like I said, people that know me, they're like, you're shy, you were shy. It's like, you know, you can talk fine. It's like, yeah, it, it, it rears its ugly head periodically, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, now, but it's taken a long time to work through that, to work through my own fears of that. You know, so the mindfulness part is like super
0: easy. It's the so. what were you, what was your fear of saying? Hi, do you know what it was? So I had some core
1: beliefs that included, I don't matter. Uh, that was a big one. That was a huge, or I don't, it was reframed for me. I like, I don't, I don't matter, you know, I don't matter to you. And so well, why would you care what I had to say? If I don't matter.
0: Hmm. Wow. So if you said hi, the fear was she would ignore you or or did it not go
1: past that? I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) You know, I want to like have a, I want to have friends. And, you know, and the whole thing kind of came to light. So I had a roommate prior to this move. And we were talking and she said, well, you know, I didn't know if you were just really up up, if you were really stuck up or if you were really shy, because I just didn't talk. I mean, I really had to know you in order to have a conversation. And so yeah. I think that was sitting in the back of my mind of, wow, this is how people perceive me either. I'm like really stuck up. I don't know that they would see the shy part.
0: Hmm. And I'm like, well, but I'm
1: not, I'm
0: not. Yeah. No, I know. I know other people, they're terrified to speak. And the more they think about speaking, the worse, the harder it gets, you know, the more you, right. If you just do it, you know, then it's out. So you get something out. But the more you think about it, it's like going off the high dive, you Mm -hmm. know, the longer you stand there, the harder it gets. Right.
1: But then the more you do it, And the more you expose yourself to the new behavior and it has a positive outcome because a lot of time there is no negative retribution tied to it. Then it becomes easier to do it and easier to do it and easier to do it. So I moved to California and I was in a uh, industrial design program. That's what I was studying and one of the criteria was you would like design this thing and then have to do a presentation to the class with like boards and pictures and all this stuff. And, um, it scared the crap out of him. I mean, you know, I already don't talk and now you're making me go stand in front of a room full of people to give a presentation. And this one friend of mine said, pick one person in the room and talk to that person. And don't look at anything else. Just talk to that one person. So thankfully he sat in the back of the room, kind of in the center. And I just mm. gave him my presentation. <laughs> you know? Did he like it? <laughs> I didn't really care. It came out of my mouth and I didn't stutter and stammer. And I, you know, because I just kind of blocked everybody else out, you know, and I do presentations in front of large groups of people. And I will find faces throughout the crowd that those are my go-to people, you know, and I still Mm. try to do the same thing.
0: Wow. Amazing. So how did you morph from, I don't know if you morph, but you know, from taking these actions and getting through this. And then I love the spirit part of the book where you start talking about that. How did you move from into that? Or did you just put it in the part of the book there? So people could kind of grow into it.
1: You know, so my background is in, you know, spirituality, metaphysics. I mean, I work as a psychic, you know, so and I have other (laughs) books that uh, address that, you know, one of the lines in there, you know, because I'm talking about the chakras, the energy centers in the body and about being in the flow of the universe and this and this. And I, one of the lines says, I could write a whole book on this. And I'm like, oh, wait, I already did. It's called avoiding the cosmic two by four you know so the concepts i presented were not foreign concepts but they needed to be packaged in a different way because i really wasn't interested in explaining you know the the fundamental logistics of how our energy works but in but you need to have some kind of understanding you know i mean my biggest takeaway you know, once I figured out I could fix things and I started having evidence was the goal is to be in alignment. The goal is to be in the flow, you know, so, and we've all had those moments. We've had those times where we've gone for a hike in the woods and we just feel connected and we feel good or we're doing a project or we're playing an instrument. We're in that flow. And when we're in the flow, we can't have negative thinking it's impossible. It's just impossible because once negative thinking starts creeping in, the flow, the movement of energy, the movement of water through your system starts to diminish, you know? And so that to me was kind of the bottom line. It's like, if I feel me starting to diminish Now I know I'm in some kind of negative thinking, or if I'm having negative thinking now, I know that my energy is being diminished. Hmm. And so to me, the goal is all about staying in that alignment and keeping that flow happening. And if you're in situations that are affecting that flow, then maybe you need to take a look at it and make a different choice. You know, like maybe you're hanging around people who are, constantly complaining or are nasty or are not appreciative of who you are. And every time you interact with them, you start feeling bad and you start questioning yourself. It's like, well, do I need to constantly be in a situation where I am being diminished? My happiness is being diminished. You know, once you ask that question, it's like, okay, well, then I guess I need to decide if I want to keep doing this or not, which can be a choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you first started making that choice, you know, as a people pleaser, you know, I don't know if that's what you were, but it was kind of like, I can't say no. Like, I can't just leave. What will they think of me? And then I was listening to this thing on Dark dark feminine energy. Did I tell you about that? Mm-hmm. And it says you can be the villain and you can have people not like you. It's okay. It's like, oh, like the world won't end. It felt that way. But I think like, as you you know, can question, like you're saying, you can question, is this really good for me? Am I questioning myself? Yes. But that was normal for me. That was my rabbit hole was like, what did I do wrong? But, 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 And now it's like, oh, that's a flag when I'm doing that. You know, like you said, that's a flag to say, is this really good for me? Mm -hmm. Right. Is that the question? Is this
1: putting yourself in the same esteem that you put the other person in? Because if you're willing to sit there and walk around and feel bad in order for them to feel good, who are you valuing more?
0: Just saying. No, I know, but it's true. Well, I, th- there was one person where I would say, okay, I could either make you happy or make me happy. And they would say, make yourself happy. And I would say, okay, no. How do I? And it? that was, the, that, but that was the only way I could say it. Let's see. I, you know, and normally, and before that, I would have just made them happy and resented it and been pissed off because I didn't have the wherewithal to say no. Mm hmm. Oh, I'm feeling because I wasn't even aware, you know,
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah. Awareness, you know, you're walking around. So again, communication, big issue for me, you know, still again, rears it's ugly head, um, have something going on. All right. I'll just share this, have new boyfriend, you know, he's great. I mean, he's just really freaking great on a lot of levels. Total people pleaser. But I'll tell you what. I would rather deal with a people pleaser and people (laughs) clean back than deal with a jerk. Anyway, you know, but I'm going to say every so often it's been twice. Okay. So every so often it's been twice. You know, he'll make some crack. You know, and it'll kinda of hurt my feelings and then I'll like ruminate about it for a couple of days, you know. And um but now it's like, okay, you know, he made this crack, your feelings are kinda of hurt, you are ruminating. You are ruminating. And what is the solution for me to get out of that ruminating? It's for me to say something.
0: Mm, me too.
1: You know, and it's kinda of like But when I say something, I, I it's not like a negative outcome with him, thank mm-hmm. God. You know, so I'm getting that practice of like having a safe place to land while practicing
0: kind of a new skill for me. Mm. You know what I've done? I don't know if it's helpful to you, but I'll say like, okay, when you said this, I made up that, you know, you don't like me or you think I'm fat or whatever. The thing is, and, and they like, then they'll go like, no, that's what I meant. That's not what I meant. Like, it's never been what I thought. And that's an easy way to say it because it doesn't put them on the defensive. Mm-hmm. And I get to admit that crazy's going on. And then after that, I'm like, oh, okay. And I can let it go. Anyway, I don't know if that's helpful, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I stopped blaming them and, you know, raw, 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 I just said, this is what I got is this true and they would be like i mean never never has what i've been ruminating or whatever you call it about been the case so anyway in case that's helpful for someone all right i have one more question before we we do the wrap-up um when you were saying listening to the like when you were when the when the sync wasn't working and you heard you somehow were led to listen to the radio and then go to the store and get that stuff. It's like, how do you know? And I know it's hard versus said and blah blah blah. But I'm like, what if you don't want to do it? What if it's this? What if you? And I know you did explain it in the book, but can you just explain the difference? Sure. Between what you want to hear and what you don't. <laughs>
1: yeah. So people are really good at not listening to themselves. And so I give this very lame example. You get up in the morning and you get this thought, like I should take a sweater with me, or I should take an umbrella or whatever, whatever. And you go to work and you get caught in a rainstorm, or you go to work and you go to a meeting and they have it at 65 degrees, which is like subarctic to me. And you sit there and you think to yourself, wow, I should have like listened to myself this morning and taken that sweater. And we all do it, but the awareness part is in recognizing you had the prompting that said, Hey, take that sweater. And it doesn't really matter whether you took the sweater or not. It's the awareness that you got the prompting and the net result was you needed that sweater. You know, so after a while you start getting good at, you know, and part of it is, you know, is is just listening and going, okay, well, this is kind of weird, and I don't know why where this is coming from, but I'm just going to honor it and have it be the
0: answer. And how do you know? That it's not coming from the fear part of you. Ooh, like that's, ooh, you know, like it's like, take a sweater, it might be a hurricane, or take a sweater. Like, is it the voice? Is it, you know, it, what it, makes it you creates, come versus fear?
1: So, my experience, you know, and I can only talk from like inside my body, is yeah. that when it's spirit, your higher self, God, whatever word you want to put there, mm-hmm. is communicating with you. It usually comes in, in a word, maybe a very short phrase. I'm real visual. So, you know, I share this story about my dishwasher and having to empty the water out of it. And I'm like, well, God, what can I use? And I get this image. I'm very visual, an image of the turkey baster, you know? And it was like, well, actually that would work. You know, and so depending on how people receive information will be how they're going to get it. Um, you asked the question, so that might've helped
0: you. said, And and the
1: question does help, um, but sometimes you just get weird stuff. If it's the Hmm. ego, it will sit there and hound you and it will try to justify. Okay. It wants, you know, it's more than just like, here's a little kind suggestion and, and,
0: and, and then move on, you know? Okay. All right. Good. That's a good difference. All right. So how I know we've covered a lot and you have so many books and your, your, your website is soulhealer.com, mm-hmm. right? So people can go there and find all of your books and obviously you're prolific, you're you're intelligent, you love to do research, and she's done it for you. So you can just get her books and get it all. It's all there. You don't have to do it yourself. What would you like to leave people with? Like what do you want for the world, for people, you know, in five years? What's your vision? I never know
1: because they don't tell me. They just are like, Here's uh, and I'm like, okay um you know but ideally i think the message i want to leave people with is that change is possible and to bring in the concepts that i talk about in the dang it was me all along book are really not hard and i feel like if if everybody on the planet utilized these tools or became more aware you know then there is the possibility that we could live in a bit more of a kumbaya situation and maybe have the news not being just so fear-based and you know I call it fear porn because it's just overwhelming oh it's gonna rain but you know it's gonna be like all this stuff and you know the world's coming to an end because there's a rainstorm coming it's like it, it doesn't have to be like that you know, and it's just not real, you know? Mm. And so I think if people start tapping in and saying, I don't want, I don't want to receive that, that energy from you, you know, then maybe people will stop watching those newscasts and they'll change because nobody's watching them anymore. Mm. You know, cause they're not interested in receiving that anymore.
0: Mm. Wow. And I, as you said that, I just felt this calm, like, right? Like, Mm -hmm. take a breath. Be here now, right? You know, it's like, you could think the world is ending, but really, we're just sitting here talking to each other. That's right. Nothing else is actually happening, right? So yeah, the, the mind can take us to some interesting places. But anyway, all right, anything you want to say in closing, this has been really great. Thank you so much for for your work Thanks so much okay. for having me. I think
1: just lastly, you know, I do do offer private sessions with people that want some help working through this change process and understanding where they're stuck and what they can do to untangle themselves. And mm. you can find that at soulhealer.com too. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for, you know, who you are, what you do for the world, your message, you know, leading us to a land of Kumbaya. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Hillary. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for watching this episode. I started getting real with Hillary when I discovered that I was a people-pleasing, pleasant, phony, and wanted to be more of my real self. We can grow together if you will like the show, subscribe to my channel, and share this episode with your friends and family so that we can have a world that's more real.